0: Radio.
1: Just about every major government has been guilty of false flag operations to foment war. America has been guilty of several, but here are just a few. Civilian passengers were murdered when a torpedo hit the Lusitania. Investigations revealed that explosives were inside the ship, which was operated by war profiteer J.P. Morgan. This event is what brought Americans, who were not previously interested in getting involved, into World War I, where they lost over a 100,000 sons and daughters. They were also not interested in getting involved in World War II, but after breaking Japanese Japanese encryption codes, the U.S. government knew of their plans to attack Pearl Harbor. But the big banks were funding both sides and expected massive profits. So they let it happen to encourage Americans to sacrifice nearly half a million of their children in the Second World War. In August of 1964, the USS Maddox and the Turner Joy knowingly lied about being fired upon by North Vietnamese ships. For two hours, they fired at nothing and maneuvered as if under attack. President Johnson was aware of this deception, but kept it secret to initiate war against North Vietnam and to sacrifice over 50,000 Americans. About 3,000 people were murdered on 9-11 in the most notorious false flag in U.S. history. This was used as a catalyst for the endless destruction of several nations that continues today. Professor Steven Starr, associate of the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation, was recently on Russia's Solyev Live, where he discussed a plan being suggested by NATO forces in Germany that stinks of plans for a false flag operation to usher in World War III. They have suggested a scenario wherein Russia sinks an American cruiser in the Black Sea, followed by the United States attacking Russian ships with nuclear warheads, which would then be followed by a Russian nuclear strike against NATO headquarters and a major U.S. nuclear attack on all of Russia. They suggested more than 3,000 strikes within one hour and the destruction of all major cities in Europe and the United States. Professor Starr said this would result in 150 million tons of smoke and soot that would block out 70% of the sunlight in the Northern Hemisphere and last about 10 years. It's important to note that it's been NATO forces alone who have been provoking war with Russia for decades, surrounding their border with missile systems and bioweapons labs, and overthrowing Ukraine with CIA color revolutions. The facts show that Russia has been given no choice but to defend themselves against deceptive Western aggression. The anti-human globalist forces that hold a firm grip on America are clearly trying to destroy it from within. If they wanted America to win a world war, then they would not be murdering U.S. troops with the deadly COVID shots. And they would not be manipulating them to castrate themselves under the guise of transgenderism. The globalists want the United States to be plundered and destroyed, but they need a scapegoat to blame it on, and they've clearly chosen Russia for that role. During the American Revolution, Catherine the Great of Russia unofficially supported the colonies by trading with them. Russian ships began delivering hemp, sail, linen, and iron to American ports as early as 1763. During the War of 1812, Russia attempted to join as a third-party mediator in support of American independence. In 1863, Russia sent military fleets to New York and San Francisco to put pressure on the British and fight them if necessary. They patrolled the American shores for 10 months. This Russian support of a sovereign America is undoubtedly what led to the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917, when the country fell into communist rule for 69 years. Today, Russia has asked for peace, but the evil powers that want endless war cannot survive unity between the East and the West. False flag operations are the modus operandi of the globalists, and war, mass murder, and division is all they desire. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. <laughs>
2: It's Friday, January 5th, in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this.
3: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith, coming to you live on this Friday morning. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of stuff I'd rather not talk about today, but we'll do it. We'll get into it. We got 10 foot aliens attacking Miami malls. We got Hassan Nasrallah giving a major speech about the progress of the conflict with Israel. We've got political news, and we'll open up the phone lines nice and early for you for this open line Friday. Let's not waste any time. Just get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Friday, the 5th of January, 2024. New cache of Epstein docks unsealed. Minor victim trafficked to prominent American politicians to, quote, obtain blackmail information. Judge Loretta Preska on Wednesday unsealed the first cache of documents from lawsuits related to Jeffrey Epstein's abuse, which potentially included the names of over 150 people. The first set of documents detailed Ghislaine Maxwell's recruiting techniques, Prince Andrew's abuse of trafficked victims, and Bill Clinton's fondness for young girls. According to the second tranche of documents obtained by the Gateway Pundit and reviewed by... The author of this article, one Epstein victim, a minor dubbed Jane Doe three, says she was trafficked to, quote, prominent American politicians to, quote, obtain blackmail information. Epstein also sexually trafficked the then-minor Jane Doe, making her available for sex to politically connected and financially powerful people. Epstein's purpose in leading Jane Doe along with other—or lending, rather, Jane Doe along with other young girls to such powerful people were to ingratiate himself with them for business, personal, political, and financial gain, as well as obtain potential blackmail information, the document described of Jane Doe number 3. So yeah, we'll get into the second tranche of documents today. There's a lot of other stuff to cover as well, so we won't spend too much time on it. But it's one of those just amazing circumstances where you've got people arrested for trafficking girls for sex, but you don't have any of the people they were trafficked to, just like you have Jeffrey Epstein running a blackmail ring, but no hint no suggestion as to what that blackmail was being gathered to achieve. What was it for? What influence was he peddling? I mean, to imagine the most powerful people in the world, from your Bill Gates's to your Bill Clinton's to your Michael Jackson's and everyone in between, you've got really life-ending dirt on them. The ultimate blackmail. Here's a video of you abusing a child sexually. Like, good lord, what you could get them to do. Did he ever use it? Did he ever use that blackmail? Did he ever actually influence any decisions? Seems like kind of a weird practice to spend decades of your lives and millions of dollars and have elaborate audiovisual setups throughout your entire mansion to film and record these things, to log them. And then not to do anything with it. What was he doing with it? What influence was he peddling? What decisions was he swaying? What pressure did he bring to bear on these people? Not even like curiosity in any of these articles, especially not from the mainstream media. The answer is, of course, to benefit Israel and That's why it's not being discussed. Meanwhile, government officials illegally raid Pennsylvania man's farm without notice for hours and seized his property, leaving him in dire financial straits. Several government officials on Thursday stormed into a building on Amos Miller's Lancaster County organic farm and conducted an illegal hours long raid without notice, eventually leaving with multiple coolers containing the Amish farmer's property. They seized his raw milk. Folks. I mean when you talk about concepts like anarcho-tyranny, is there any better illustration than a place like Pennsylvania where every day you could find videos out of Philadelphia with literal zombie hordes rotting to death on the street, just criminal gangs running rampant and absolutely nothing done? Meanwhile, just out of town, a police force of dozens is kicking down the door of an Amish farmer and seizing his raw milk. <clears throat> I mean,
2: that looks like quite the operation there, right?
3: Oh yeah. Quite the, shutting down this, cr- this criminal operation. How dare this man feed people organic material. Don't you know that food is supposed to be filled with antibiotics? Don't you know, Don't you know it, you- it's illegal not to have your livestock in, inhuman factory farms. It's disgusting. What were you going to say, Matt? I was just trying to say what something. happens when people get hooked on milk. It's disgusting. <laughs> just say no. Just say no to raw milk. Again, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Thomas Massey's been drawing some attention to it. And we, uh, yeah, we have the footage. Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Just just nice little reminder that nothing we're suffering through like actually suffering through, right? Not, not the, the b- great civilizational burden of raw milk that we're living through, but, you know, like actual crime and illegal immigration and child sex trafficking. It's just a nice reminder that all of that is, is a choice that we're making because clearly we have plenty of manpower, plenty of capability to shut down anything we want. What the authorities want to shut down are your small-scale organic farmers, the things they allow to continue To operate are the horrific crime gangs. Meanwhile, conflict between Elon Musk and Mark Cuban. Musk to Mark Cuban, if you believe in diversity, when will you hire short Asian women to play on the Mavs? Ex-owner Elon Musk on Thursday cut through a rambling thread Mark Cuban posted, hailing the wonders of diversity by asking him when he's going to hire short white slash Asian women to play for the Dallas Mavericks. We live in a country with very diverse demographics, Cuban said, in this era where trust of business can be hard to come by. People tend to connect more easily with people who are like them. Having a workforce that is diverse and representative of your stakeholders is good for business. But that's not like me. I'm a white guy. So I tend to trust companies that are owned by white guys. That's what you're saying, right, Mark? It's like people tend to connect more easily to people who are like them. So that's why we need more people that are not like the majority of the population. Wait, what are we saying? Oh, everything we believe is just the most shallow talking points you can possibly imagine that dissolve under just the slightest scrutiny. Incredible. And we're reorganizing our entire civilization on this basis. Wow, what a, what a concept. I wonder if that works out. And so Elon Musk responds, cool. So when should we expect to see a short white slash Asian woman on the Mavs? Musk said, dismissing Cubans rambling. Is yamming. If Di was president in the NBA for a single team, that team would be the worst team in the league, Colin Rugg commented. It's kind of like how we're the only country in the world that are the only white people are the only ones that value diversity. And things have gone so well ever since we made that decision. Biden to focus on Trump in speech near Valley Forge, marking three years since January 6th Capitol riot. Yes, folks, it's time for the, the, the new holiday, the new democratic holiday where Joe Biden is going to give a speech where he says all of the things that make January 6th a perfectly valid action. He's going to do the thing that makes the actions on January 6th look like really far, far, far less extreme than necessary. When you've got the president of the United States who's going to yet again give yet another speech at yet another historical American, you know, uh, memorial essentially, Valley Forge or Independence Hall, and Joe Biden, the decrepit zombie psychopath who spent nearly half his time in office on the beach, literally 37% of his time in office has been on vacation, but he's going to take a break from his vacation to come tell all of us regular Americans that we are an existential threat and that the government is doing everything it can to destroy us. Just once again illustrating that could, if we could go back in time, not only would January 6th probably happen again, people would probably be actually armed this time. Actually, if they could see where things have gone and you go back in time they'd be like yeah let's do january 6 again this time let's just be prepared for it and let's actually do what needs to be done i talk a lot about the great successes Infowars wars has had i don't think anybody can deny it
0: and it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us But when we talk about the crew at Infowars, people behind the scenes the researchers the writers they really have been the mvps in this fight and when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at m4store.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to Inforestore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. Bodies is back.
2: System, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using in bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system, so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease listening to the American Journal watch it live right now at band.video
3: All right, welcome back ladies and gentlemen. We got we got some stuff to cover, I'll tell you that. I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to. I don't even want to. Maybe we'll start with uh, just a stupid story. I, I just think it's kind of, I, just, I think it's a stupid story. But this is kind of the thing. We've got Israel and the American government doing everything it possibly can to start world war III, and we've got speeches from hassan nasrallah the uh, leader of hezbollah basically warning against this and explaining how it's going to uh, unfold but simultaneously we've got continuing fallout to the harvard president being ousted and it is of course being blamed on conservatives it's the conservative backlash conservative scalping and conservatives aren't done yet it's just like okay it's not at all what's going on you've got more jeffrey epstein documents coming out that we want to get into we've gotten just an incredibly stupid story about 10 foot tall aliens in the miami mall (laughs) and we've got Joe Biden ramping up, and of course January 5th today, we've got the anniversary of January 6th, where once again, we have to rehash the just endless, ceaseless, bottomless pit of stupidity that we're just going to have to live through this every year of our lives. Every year of our lives. It's going to be 50 years from now, and there's going to be big January 6th memorial ceremonies. January 6th museums right next to the Holocaust Museum, we all have to remember what a a tragic and horrifying insurrection it was that the brave and glorious federal government put down for the sake of democracy. So I guess let's just do it. I guess let's just talk about all of these things. I don't know, maybe I'll just... Take maybe we'll just open up phone calls. Maybe we'll just go to phone calls all day today. Cause honestly, honestly, we really gotta do this. We really have to relitigate January sixth every year. We knew what happened on January sixth. On January 6th. We all saw it unfold. And again, it would, be, it would be one thing if it was just treated as what it was. It was like It was like two hours of moderate trespassing. <laughs> but not even that. Like, that's the thing. If it was just treated like, wow, those MAGA guys showed up and did the thing that Black Lives Matter had been doing for a year and a half, but they did it for like two hours and that's it. Like, that would be one thing. But then you actually realize what happened. And you actually look into the video. You actually see the timeline unfold. You actually watch the police themselves open fire on a peaceful crowd. You actually see the point-blank murder of Ashley Babbitt. You see the beating death of Roseanne Boylan. And you realize, like so many things, not only is what the mainstream publication say about it what the the average person believes not true it's such a inversion of reality and we compared it and i remember i think greg reese and i had like the same thought on the same day because i was just thinking how would this be portrayed in any other time period without the just wholesale capture of the american media To push a a fake narrative and you can actually compare it to something like the kent state national guard debacle where in the 60s you had a bunch of peaceful protesters who were gunned down by the police and it became a giant scandal and it's pointed to as a horrific abuse of the american government and a tragic story of peaceful protesters gunned down in abject violation of our most deeply held principles i mean it's seen as as a as the moment in America where we almost tipped over the edge into fascism, and it was seen as a, as a real wake up call and a lesson of we can't we can't have our government treating peaceful protesters like this. They just went out and murdered college students who were doing nothing wrong. And then you look at January sixth, and it's like okay, you've got a bunch of peaceful Trump supporters, totally unarmed, totally unarmed. The worst you can say is like. Guys brought like flagpoles, which again, in context, in the cultural reality that we're dealing with, every time Trump supporters would go and march in D.C., it happened literally the day before, it happened the week before in D.C., where you had mobs of Antifa assaulting like families, just people walking down the street being assaulted by Black Lives Matter and Antifa, beaten Like fathers trying to protect their young daughters from rabid communists attacking them. So even in context, it's like you probably – it makes perfect sense to bring a weapon because every time you go to D.C., the police stand down while mobs of Antifa are given carte blanche to assault children. So, yeah, you're going to want to bring weapon, But nobody did. Nobody brought weapons. A bunch of peaceful protesters showed up for a protest at the Capitol who, just like the kids at Kent State, were gunned down by police. Nope, no police died. No police died. Let me say that again so everybody can hear me in the back. No police died on January 6th. Did did you hear me? No police died on January 6th. No politicians died on January 6th. No employees of the Capitol died on January 6th. Nobody was even significantly injured except for police who were caught in the crush. Oh, oh yeah, and also the five protesters who were murdered. The protesters who were shot in the chest from 3 feet away without warning after a police officer moves out of the way to allow them egress through the doorway. So like that's the thing. I I don't even know I don't even know how to talk about this stuff. It's so blatant. It's so obvious. It's all just right there for everybody to see. It's just infuriating to have to go through it over and over again. Biden to focus on Trump in speech near Valley Forge, marking three years since January 6th, Capitol riot. I'll just say it again, as we've said since. Since January 6th, can you imagine? Can you imagine if it was a real insurrection? Can you imagine how different those images would be if instead of showing up for a peaceful protest to try to participate in the democratic process by which the election is certified, can you imagine if instead Donald Trump supporters showed up organized and armed and intent on killing everybody in the Capitol. Can you just imagine what that would look like? Can you possibly imagine what those images look like? Because that's the way it's portrayed. And you just see the claims versus the imagery and it's ridiculous. If
0: you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look up the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted, So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the InfoWar, but I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the Missing Link X2, back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
2: You're listening to The American Journal with your host Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video.
3: It's hard to believe it's been almost 3 years since the Insurrection coup. Uh, do we have should we do we, do we have to go over it again? Do we really have to go through it again? Like, i, don't, I honestly, I'm, I'm gonna open up the phone lines right now. Number to dial is 877 789 2539 877 789 2539 Open line Friday. Call about whatever you want. Whatever you want. Again, 1877-789-2539. cuz you know there's like there's like a way things are kind of supposed to go if if people just had i don't know just the ability to think for themselves like i don't even know what it is at this point that we need cuz whether it's January 6th Jeffrey Epstein or again the the story of the Harvard president, like, that's that's the one that really just, like, baffles me. Because everybody, everybody saw what happened. Like, I don't know, I just, honestly, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you've got these headlines. You've got, you've got, what's his name? Al Sharpton out there marching around acting like this is an attack on black women in academia by racist white people and saying we'll we'll fight for DEI we'll we'll fight for diversity and it's just like that woman was ousted Because she wasn't a Zionist. What is complicated about this? Here's Al Sharpton leading a march about it. Big sign, diversity, equity, and inclusion behind. First black and first black woman president. It's about they used her as a scapegoat to fight DEI. Nothing has diminished DEI at Harvard University. The person who replaced her is just as dedicated to DEI as everybody else like this is the thing. it's just like what is going on a conservative attack helped to fan the outrage. Nothing has even remotely happened to damage DEI. The person that replaced her is just as dedicated to diversity She's like the leader of the diversity pledge at, at Harvard like just what are they even talking about. Like, I don't even care about this woman. I really don't. I'm not going to bat for Claudine Gay. She can go jump in a volcano for all I care. I really just couldn't care less. Our our academic system is so thoroughly saturated with communist incompetent losers at this point. You you can kick one out. It, It doesn't matter. None of that matters. But at least be honest about it. At least be honest about what obviously happened. This all started because she allowed Palestinians to say, or Palestinian supporters, not even Palestinians, just liberal socialist lefties at Harvard to say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That's why she was ousted from Harvard. Is that complicated? She refused to say that chanting from the river to the sea Palestine will be free was a call to genocide against Jews was therefore anti-Semitism and should therefore not be allowed under the free speech there are a million different things wrong with that right it's not a call to genocide (laughs) even if it was it's still called free speech yes free speech includes anti-Semitism it's really not that complicated so Again, it's not like like this headline. Honestly, this headline just put me in a terrible mood when I first saw it this morning. Black women at Harvard say Claudine Gay's ouster reflects a system that wasn't built for them. So she was the president of Harvard. But somehow this, somehow her being ousted because a bunch of Zionists. Contributors to the Harvard Fund withdrew hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, you get that that's what this was, right? That they didn't have somebody in the position of president who was willing to destroy the academic concept of freedom of thought or free speech for their political and geopolitical gamesmanship. So she was ousted because you had a bunch of extremely wealthy Jewish donors who said, we're now withdrawing our $100 million a year gift to Harvard until you replace her. They used financial extortion to expel her, had nothing to do with DEI, had nothing to do with her being a black woman. And this all just happened out in the open. This, I just feel like I'm taking crazy pills over here. the way things just get like transmuted. And again, it would be one thing if there was like a big anti-DEI push and the most exemplary people in academia who, you know, just were the leaders of the DEI movement were ousted on the basis of their support for DEI. But somehow it's like because she doesn't bend the knee to the billionaires that are funding her school, she gets ousted on the flimsiest excuse of plagiarism. I haven't looked into it. I don't even care. It, like, it, it, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. In the same way that it doesn't matter if Trump overvalued Mar-a-Lago, you know the people doing these things don't actually care at all. But then to have it, so like we, it it just, it's just one of these stories where it's like, we as just conservative Americans, especially me personally, as a white Christian conservative American just gets nothing, never gets anything. We can, we can complain, we can complain and we could debate or we could boycott just nothing. We get nothing, nothing in this world, right? Just the entire purpose of the American government, it seems at this point, is to target us for destruction by any means possible, spiritual, psychological, physical. We get nothing. Then a bunch of billionaire Jews kick out the Harvard president and everybody's mad at us. It was just one of those things. Just one of those things. If you're going to be mad about the ouster of Claudine Gay. Be mad at the people that ousted her. Be mad at the people that did this to her. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I just... I don't even know... It's like... It's like white Christian American doesn't give a damn about any of this crap and also thinks that the people chanting from the Palestine from the river to the sea, like, they're just... The cringy weirdos. I'm I like Palestine. I don't want to see the Gazan people massacred, but I also cringe anytime I see the other people that feel that way being uh, dramatic weirdos and blocking highways or whatever they're doing. So it's just like we're just sitting over here on the sidelines You've got the, the black DEI Harvard lady and the billionaire Jews going at it, and then all of a sudden they both turn, turn towards us and are like, this is your fault and you're the bad one and you're everything wrong in the world. And we're just like,
0: D-O, we don't even have anything to do with this. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product, after your cells process it, of folic acid, methylfolate with high-quality organic,
1: In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the US government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now At Infowarsstore.com.
2: You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
3: All right, welcome back, folks. We have a lot of videos we can go to. Got some uh, breaking news about the Jeffrey Epstein second tranche. Currently, Bill Clinton marched into Vanity Fair's office and threatened staff not to write about Jeffrey Epstein, Virginia Roberts Jouffre claims in latest bombshell court documents. She said in a May 2011 email that Bill Clinton threatened the staff of Vanity Fair not to report on Jeffrey Epstein. It was actually denied by Vanity Fair. But it was, uh, this claim was made in a 2011 email discussing an interview to promote her planned book. She said Clinton walked into VF, Vanity Fair, and threatened them to not write sex trafficking articles about his good friend, J.E. There's no evidence for her wild claim, and it seems unlikely that the foreign president would intervene in such a public way. A spokesman for Vanity Fair's then-editor, Graydon Carter, told The Telegraph, This categorically did not happen. Epstein himself, however, did allegedly prevent Vanity Fair from publishing reporting from journalist Vicky Ward, who had interviewed sisters Maria and Annie Farmer about their abuse by the federal uh, pedophile financier. Ward said in her 2022 podcast that Epstein threatened her, telling her, quote, I have reports here about you, your husband, I have everything under the sun that was sent to me by people who want to be helpful. Vanity Fair said the claims of sexual abuse were not included in her 20, uh, 2003 published article because they were added late and did not meet legal standards. So again, it's kind of funny. It's like Clinton Epstein threatened to threaten Vanity Fair against reporting like that never happened. It's like, oh, so you did report it? And they're like, no, no, we didn't. No, we chose not to. We chose just to keep all of this hidden, I guess. Pretty wild. Uh, Quote, I was doing some research yesterday into VF. It does concern me that they could want to write about me considering that B. Clinton walked into VF and threatened them not to write sex trafficking articles about his good friend, J.E. Ward insists that her then editor of Vanity Fair, Graydon Carter, removed her damning allegations about FC in 2003. Carter said the reporting did not meet their legal standards and his editors alone made the decision. Oh, but how could a big conspiracy happen? You'd have to have thousands of people in on it. How could you control all of the media and prevent them from speaking out about it? It's just impossible. I just can't imagine a situation where you've got so many thousands of people who know something bad is going on, but do nothing to stop it. You know, people are good. They don't let that type of thing happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, 20 years ago, there was bombshell damning evidence of a sex trafficking rape ring going on with minors that was made aware to uh, people at ABC and the people at Vanity Fair and probably everybody at every mainstream political outlet. And yet they didn't report it. That sort of gives you an idea of the scale and scope of conspiracy that's possible in the modern age. It tells you how Thoroughly, blackmail can control an entire media landscape. And, you know, yet again, I just can't, can't even imagine being one of these people, man. Can you imagine, can you imagine having information about Jeffrey Epstein in 2003 and your editor blocking it from publication and you just go, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Oh oh, oh oh standard, sorry. Oh legal standard, sorry. Yeah, I can't can't say the thing I know to be true provably. <laughs> and can you imagine? And I mean it's it's the craziest thing because that makes the story so much better that they try to stop it. That's what you do. You add a line in the story that says, "When we reached out for Bill Clinton to comment, he stormed into our office and tried to threaten us to shut down this reporting." Uh, honestly, I just I cannot imagine a situation where we're like reporting on some famous politician and they come storming into the InfoWars office and we're not just immediately filming him going Oh, you're trying to stop us from talking about this, are you? Oh, you're really. You seem really desperate. You came down here personally. You must really not want us to say this thing that we're saying right now. You're just like doing it live. Just getting massive views. Just like. Meanwhile, of course, the story that we covered yesterday was from Vanity Fair, where the whole point of the story was using the Epstein list to attack Trump supporters for caring about pedophiles, to denigrate and castigate and undermine the legitimacy of trump supporters who just know what's going on who are just aware of the elite pedophile rings that are proven out in court documents so whatever they did vanity fair worked pretty well 20 years later they're still not just not publishing the information they're actually writing hit pieces in defense of the pedophile network so well done I, I just, just really hope, really hope that people realize how different InfoWars is than other media publications. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're on the right or the left. I legitimately cannot imagine not covering something, and I can't even imagine how anybody could stop me from covering something. I'm literally talking to you live right now. I could say whatever I want. Nobody can stop me. And if Bill Clinton marched in here today to try to stop the publication, it would make the story that much bigger.
1: He would also be met with uh, extreme force from our security guards who are top-notch and
3: will detain him. <laughs> Maybe he should try. Yeah, come try, come, come try and stop us, Bill. Just, just imagining a world not run by cowards a <laughs> world of media run by people who care more about the truth and stopping pedophile kidnapping networks than they do about appeasing the uh lawyers in the hr department but i guess that's what said and sets them fours apart let's go to your phone calls uh i want to go to forrest in austin he's a first-time caller thanks for calling in forrest great name you're on the air hey harrison how you doing good thank you
4: What's the answer to 1984?
3: 1776.
4: Thank God. I just want to thank y'all for what y'all have been doing for so long. I've been a listener for 10, 15 years now. And it's just, you can't get this kind of information everywhere else. It was such a shame when they took y'all off of YouTube and everything else. You can't find anything about Alex on there unless it's a court case. Mm-hmm. But... Still doing everything he can online on Infowars and Band.video. and it's really just the most admirable thing that I've ever seen.
3: Well, thank you very much. It's uh, I can speak for him when I say it has not been easy. Has not been easy for for him. I know it's been easy. It's been easy for me. I don't have to deal with all this. Stuff. I don't have to deal with all that stuff. I just come <laughs> on and do my show, and I can barely handle it with all the bad news that we're under. So I I just. Am in awe of Alex's uh, Jones's um, persistence in this and ability to uh, to weather the storm. Yeah, thank you for the call for us. What's on your mind today?
4: Well, I'm just waiting for the rest of this Epstein stuff to come out, which I I'm I'm real real careful with getting my hopes up. I, if it comes out, it it's been in their hands for so long. Mm. Who knows what's real with it, and what's not? You
3: know? Yeah.
4: We we already we already know all the stuff. About who was there, anyways, just from association, right? And I don't think anything's really going to come of it, other than the people that already know getting some reassurance.
3: Hmm. Yeah, you unfortunately, I mean? unfortunately, I think you are uh, you are right. I don't know. Maybe this would be a good time to go out and do like a man on the street or something, because I don't even know what normies think about this. Do, like, do normies even know for us? Do they even know about Jeffrey Epstein? I mean, they must, right, by this point.
4: Well. Well, they know about Jeffrey Epstein, but they and they know about Bill Clinton. and They know about all the regular stuff, but they don't really seem to understand how that impacts, right. you know, our our you know geopolitics and everything else like that. Yeah, they don't. They uh, don't, they don't
3: sort of follow like, the you know follow the inevitable conclusions, you know, down the chain to uh, you know where they end up. They just go, oh Jeffrey Epstein pedophile network. Oh, sounds bad, and it's never like they never go any further than that.
4: They don't understand that for over a decade they've been calling us all conspiracy theorists and terrorists for saying what Alex Jones brought up so long ago, exposing all this.
3: They 100%. called us crazy. Well, Hundred percent. thank you so much for the call for us. We do have to go to a uh, break, but I appreciate it. Please do call back. Maybe I'll see you around uh, Austin sometime. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to go out to your phone calls on the other side. I'm going to talk about aliens in Miami. I'm going to do it. We're going to talk about aliens. They're ten foot tall. They're real, folks.
2: Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new faster absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution, so the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep because you will be down and out. Selling out now at Infowarsstore.com. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at Band Video. All right, welcome
3: back, ladies and gentlemen. I turn to you in this dark hour, the American people. Tell me what I need to know. It's actually, we'll we'll go out. Uh, I'll go out to William in a second. William's a regular caller, though. I don't recognize uh, Jonathan. I want to go to him because I want to talk about Miami, and he's from Miami, but I do like William called in. Why are we trying to talk to people who think a man can get pregnant? That sort of sums up how I feel, so I want to hear you expand on that, William, in, in just a little bit, but that's that's the state I'm in. We live in a world where people sincerely make the argument men can get pregnant. And at a certain point, you go, "Okay, talking has not worked. <laughs> Discussions have ended in failure. Where do we go next?" I want to go to Jonathan. Jonathan says he's a Miami person of color. I want to talk about uh, crazy Claudine Gay. Thanks for calling in, Jonathan.
5: Oh yeah, Claudine Gay. Well, good morning, answers. First of all, I like that shirt. That that's looking snazzy. Ah, thank you. All right.
3: I got it out but, of the um, state yeah, store.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's crazy. I only seen this thing, like, when I went out of town, like, the to northern Florida for the holidays. And I only seen this thing on TikTok, like, yesterday. And I'm like, and everyone I know was out of town. And I'm like, why is it out of town? I think it looks like from the video, like, having a tour mall. what it kind of looks like.
3: Well, I'm having, but, a, yeah. little, I'm having a little trouble hearing you, Jonathan. I, I don't know if I'm on speaker or something. Um, but if you could br- bring your, your uh, face a little closer to the phone, I just want to be able to understand you fully. Oh, any better? Oh, yeah, m- much better. So, sorry, go on. Are, are, are you uh, talking about the uh, the thing happening in Miami?
5: Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, me and pretty much everyone I know from the area are out of town, like in northern Florida. And it's like, why are we never around when when stuff is happening like that? Because that looked like Aventura Mall, like from the pictures, but it's kind of shaky and like, Kind of looks like Aventura. But will you always be out there all the time? I'm like, that's the only big mall like that in, in Miami I could think of, like next to the highway like that. Is that anyway, is, is it it a safe
3: part of town? Well, because I, I do want to talk about it. In case people don't know, uh, there was a huge police presence at a Miami mall uh, over there a few days ago. And clip number six Miami has possibly the biggest police response I've ever seen in my life. So just it's like hundreds of cars, it's helicopters, they're going to this mall. They say it's because. There's like a brawl going on, and maybe there's fireworks inside the mall. But then people started saying that there were eight and ten foot tall aliens at the mall in Miami. Uh, Seems a little ridiculous to me, Jonathan. I I mean, (laughs) where's this even coming from? I I don't know. I don't know. You don't believe that there's giant NBA sized
1: Mexican people? (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. In Miami?
5: Come on, dog. It could be you know what? It could be true though. But all right, anyway, but back to this gay. Look, that's so ridiculous this whole thing. And like the way they're trying to promote it, like, oh, it's cause she's black. Like, bro, if it was cause you're black, you would have never been put in that position anyway. Right. If you had a black president, you can't tell me nothing about it because you're black. Like that's so so garbage. Like it's in the Harvard books, right? They said plagiarism is grounds for expulsion. And now you tell him you got to your position through plagiarizing, and now you want to turn and try to spin it like it's because you're black. That's ridiculous. And then you got that idiot. Who's that, Al Sharpton out there, the race baiter? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. These people make me, you know, I'm not ashamed to be black, but I'm ashamed that they're black. You know, I, I'm sorry. Right, right. That, that, yeah, that's a funny way to put
3: it. I'm ashamed that they're black now that I'm black. Yeah, no, because, yeah, it's it's like – I don't know man it is you know this the, again the headline from NBC News black women at Harvard say Claudine, Claudine Gay's ouster reflects the system wasn't built for them and it's just like what are you even talking she was the president of your university like what are you even talking about but then I also I just talk- uh, I don't know just the fact that people are going this is conservative white Christian men's fault and it's just like what did we do what, what do we do this time <laughs>
5: uh, yeah uh, you know it, it's we're in a sad state of affairs at this point. I don't know. You know, and, I, and like, I keep hoping. I'm like, can we turn this around, or, or are we, is this too far gone? It's a very, it's a
3: very good question, Jonathan. we got to go to break. Thank you so much uh, for the call. We'll come to the
2: You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video
3: back folks actually has a pretty good article on the uh, harvard ouster it's not a good article but it's just better than most how one hearing brought down two ivy league presidents uh, harvard president claudine gay resigned on tuesday after nearly a uh, nearly a month after congressional hearings on anti-semitism which also participated uh, precipitated the ouster of university of pennsylvania president liz mcgill so claudine gay was Forced out because she's black, obviously. Liz McGill also forced out because she's black, which is strange because she's not black. How does that work? How does any of this work? I don't know. It's also It's all so silly, isn't it? Let's go back out to your phone calls. a uh, Leatherneck in Austin. I want to talk about was this the end of the world, Leatherneck? You're on the air.
6: Hey, good morning. Um, Yeah, that movie, uh, Leave the World Behind. I think there's something Mm -hmm. very specific in the predictive programming that tells us when those events will unfold. Um, There, everybody was sort of confused by the flamingos um, flying out of their migratory path, but there is a book called The Apocalypse of Yajnavakila, and before you just discount the book, know that it's published by the Library at CERN and hosted at that library. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in this book, he predicts a solar maximum to be somewhere around the order of twenty five times greater than the Carrington event, and that we will see a pole reversal. So I think what they were doing is using that as a lead-in to. You know all the other events that were man-made. So mm. I think that they're expecting the solar maximum to be achieved. In addition, the deer, the deer, um, there, there's, they, they tend to orientate themselves in a north to south uh, direction continuously. In particular, when they're grazing, there was a study done of some eighty five hundred images taken of deer grazing around the world. And they seem to always be orientated south to north, north to south, and that's magnetic north. Right. So I think, and again, this book's published by the library at CERN. So we have two opportune times. We have uh, the solstice, where the sun is highest in the sky, and then we also have when we're at perihelion, which is actually today where we're at our nearest proximity to the sun. And that's when it would have the greatest impact of any, you know, uh, mass coronal ejections. In addition to that, it's a definitive period. So there's something like 11.65 years, you know, between peak to peak or something like that. I got to do a little bit more research to figure that out. But I think it's 2025.
3: Hmm. Well, you've done more research than I have into it. I do know that the Earth's magnetic field is sort of uh, uh, acting a little bit wonky these days. Solar cycle twenty-five yeah. is here. NASA and NOAA scientist explains what that means.
6: I and we've are, well, and we've we've already had uh, auroras as, as far south as North, you know, far north Texas. Mm.
7: So
6: it's active, um, and somebody you know believes that. And there's only one other thing. There's a misattribution made. Uh, the progenitor of the thought, um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, it was Nietzsche's uh, predecessor, Arthur Schopenhauer. So although he, Nietzsche did say it, he is not the original uh, thinker of that thought, it's just for the record.
3: Also sounds good, but not, not really true, is it, Leatherneck? <laughs> I can think of a lot of things that make you weaker but don't kill you. <laughs> but well, it sounds good, Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I know my mother had to say it to me when I was picking up trash off the garage floor that the dog had chewed up. So
3: yeah, i It's had a, to hear it's, it's a good lesson. for a long, long period. <laughs> All right, thanks for, thanks for the call, Leatherneck. Yeah, I don't know about the—I mean, it seems to me like something like, you know, the sun is so— so wildly powerful, so hugely unpredictable. I, I have trouble taking any like predictions about it seriously, because I mean the coronal mass injections that we're seeing—they're like they're ten times bigger than Earth. It's like impossible to even imagine the scale that the sun, <laughs> the Sun is operating at. So you know uh, they can make predictions, and maybe things happen in a somewhat. Uh, measurable pattern but i also have the feeling that the sun could just turn red tomorrow and they would have no idea why or what was happening i mean it's uh it's forces beyond our comprehension in many ways but let's go now to james in tennessee parallels between bolsheviks and today's left sort of one and the same aren't they james
8: oh absolutely thanks for taking my call harrison sure but uh, I've been a listener since about 2009, and uh, I'm an avid studier of history, and I can see the parallels clearly between the Bolshevik Revolution and today's left, because they got all these little groups dividing people. You had the the Reds, the Whites, Cossacks, much like today's left, where you got the BLM, the LGBT, and all these little paramilitary groups fighting for power, mm. and it, it 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 just it it's gonna lead. To assassinations, to, and not like the CIA has been doing for decades, where they do it in secret. This will be out in the open, right? And then you see how they're telling farmers that they're bad, they're capitalists, they need to uh, reduce their energy, and all this. It's it's just getting it's getting insane.
3: Yeah, uh, expand on that a little bit because that is one of the striking. Uh, similarities is the demonization of farmers and the manipulation of food systems and i even pointed out on uh, x a couple of days ago showing an image where you know when the uh, early american settlers were having trouble dealing with the native americans they realized well we you know we can't really get a grip on the native americans they're too fast they too you know they're too wily like they understand the, the landscape better than we do so let's just kill all the buffalo and they literally went on a campaign of extermination of the buffalo explicitly to deny natives their food. They basically went, if they, if we kill all the buffalo, they'll have nothing to eat. They'll have to leave and go, you know, elsewhere. So, I mean, this is like a well-known and historically practiced uh, activity, killing off the food supply for a group that you want to either destroy or control. And of course, in the Bolshevik revolution, it was like, it's sort of up for debate whether it was on purpose or by accident but certainly, the mass starvation was a direct consequence of the uh, socialist policies that we're seeing reborn with the World Economic Forum claiming that they're saving us from uh, cow farts by, you know, destroying our food system. So expand on that a little bit. The, the similarities between Bolshevism and uh, what's happening today.
8: Well, um, back back in those times, they were te- uh, the Leninists were telling people that, oh, that's your land. We all have to be a collective, mm-hmm. and you don't have property rights. And then also, there was one story I was reading where these uh, people had raided this farm and was going to kill the farmer and his and his people. And the mother said, don't take my milk. I don't have anything to feed my child. And then the, the revolutionaries, they said, well, if we can't have your milk, then nobody can. And they killed the woman. They killed her baby. And I feel like that's what's going to come next.
3: I mean, that is the thing. That is the impression you get from history is the extremity to which people will go and how, I mean, people will do things. Normal, seemingly normal people will do things that would make, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer blush. Like, the it is horrific. The killing of the royal family. I mean, the children the parents – I mean it was a brutal and horrific massacre of the entire royal family of, uh, of Russia that, uh, that ushered in the, the communist state, the USSR. I mean it was, it was tr- truly horrific, and this was done by people who celebrated it and advertised what they did and portrayed themselves as heroes as they were quite literally slaughtering little girls in a basement. So yeah, that's where we're headed. Thank you very much for the call, James. I, I enjoyed that. I don't think we'd I don't know if you'd ever called in before, but uh, I'd like to I'd like to hear from you more. And we'll hear from more of you on the other side. We got Billy in Oklahoma, I will go to William in Arkansas, Jeff in Florida. Lots still to come. Stay with us.
0: One of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep. By and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious, and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are, and that's... That's a hard thing to do, because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity, and that there's mass sterilization that's already taking place, and they're cutting off all the major energy sources, is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around, because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com.
9: You're
2: listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
3: So if we'll go back to your calls, I did have a bunch of good videos that I want to show, though. In fact, I want to go now to clip number five. It's actually a liberal representative named wheeler representative wheeler a democrat in new hampshire but they uh, he votes to he's voting to ban uh, transgender operations of minors as a democrat this may give you a little bit of uh, of hope Just again as we said earlier you know arguing with people who think men can get pregnant it's insane this is all insane and this is the frustration with the way the conversation if you can even call it that is carried out in the mainstream media where like these things are really not complicated they're not difficult to solve all of it is injected with insinuation and and accusations about bigotry and discrimination or racism it's all very simple When you just shed all of that stuff away. It doesn't matter what topic it is. Transgenderism is a is a perfectly clear one, perfectly obvious. Children should not have their genitals mutilated. End of discussion. It's not complicated. It's not hateful. It's not bigoted. Children should not have their genitals mutilated by doctors or parents, or kitchen knives, or any other implement. It just shouldn't happen. And that's where the discussion should end, because if you disagree with that, you should be locked up. You're a psycho, and there's something wrong with you. You can couch it in whatever language you want. You can talk about whatever, mental illness and acceptance and tolerance. Children should not have their genitals mutilated how are you going to argue with that it's a, that's it that's it that's the end of the conversation and it really is as simple as that how we can even move beyond that statement is is baffling to me and by even trying to contend with the statements that tried to justify genital mutilation of children you're just playing a losing game children should not have their genitals mutilated the end the border should be secure we should defend our border from invasion. The end. Oh, well, asylum seeker, refugee status. Well, actually, I believe that. No, 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 no. The country needs a border. The border needs to be defended or it's not a border. We should defend our border from people crossing without our permission. It's just that it really is that simple. And it's like literally everything. It's just like it should be that simple. Jobs. And positions at university should not be determined by immutable characteristics. The end, skin color, race, physical attribute, whatever, whatever. No, just it sh- should have nothing to do with it. Oh well, but actually, we're making up for four hundred years. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just these are just simple. It's all so simple, folks. So this may give you a little bit of hope. Uh, this again is a uh, New Hampshire representative. Wheeler voting and explaining his vote to ban the mutilation of minors. Let's watch.
10: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And thank you for that reminder. I rise today despite the uncomfortability of this vote, because for me, it comes down to whether or not kids should be able to get these surgeries. And despite the fact that I am a liberal despite the fact that I believe in non-discrimination for trans people, for gay people, for queer people, and that I will fight until my very last day, until they are recognized as human beings. The question before us is whether or not children under the age of 18 should be able to get these surgeries. And I, despite being a liberal who believes in those human rights, do not think that is the case and when the question is put before me and i spoke to people until 11:30 last night lobbyists different stakeholders people with first hand experience lived experience and i've been speaking to people for the last 4 weeks about this bill the it, the only argument against it being that this opens the do- the amendment specifically opens the door to other bad trans bills but folks the slippery slope fallacy i don't think applies here we're talking about whether or not kids should get these surgeries, and they should not. These are irreversible surgeries. And despite the fact that there are medical exceptions, which are included in this amendment, when people have problems with their genitals that need to be addressed, that, that should be addressed. But, but when we're talking about whether or not kids should get these surgeries, I think that goes a bridge too far, and I, I, I will not be signing on to that. So I will be supporting this amendment, and I appreciate the work done in the Health and Human Services Committee. They worked very diligently, and if you want to watch legislating being done in real time in a really good way, I would recommend that you watch the committee hearings on this bill, the work session on this legislation, because they diligently took all people into account, they took all experiences into account, and they came up with a legislation that protects children under the age of 18. This is not a question Of whether or not you're with the trans community. This is a question on whether or not you believe children should be able to get these irreversible surgeries. So again, despite being a Democrat, despite being a liberal who believes in human rights, I don't think that children should be able to get these irreversible surgeries. So I'll take all the heat that comes from this I will be voting for this amendment and for OTPA if it passes. The bill, in its original form, I think is too broad, and I won't be voting for OTP, but I will be voting for OTPA if the bill passes and for the amendment if it passes. And I hope all of you on this side of the aisle who definitely believe in human rights, who believe in protecting non-discrimination, would consider the irreversible surgeries that kids are going to be getting if this bill does not pass thank you very much mr. speaker and I urge you to su- join me in supporting this amendment
3: oh, literally as simple as that it's as simple as that and it's it's just simultaneously right the the bittersweet reality of a video like that where it's like a it, it I mean, it feels to me like a breath of fresh air, right? It feels like you've been in a stuffy hot, like you don't even realize it until you step out into fresh air and you go, oh my God, I can breathe. I didn't even realize it was so stuffy and squalid in there, but oh, I can breathe the fresh air. It's like, oh my God, a a politician who just says no to genital mutilation of children. It's like, oh my God. So that's the sweet part. The bitter part is he's the only one You've got Republican, uh, Republican uh, Governor DeWine, earlier this week, vetoing a bill that had already passed to block genital mutilation, genital mutilation of children. So why is it so rare to have just even one politician, in this case a local politician, just stand up and go, oh, you want to chop off 14-year-old's breasts? No just like, wow, what a revelation. What, a, what an amazingly rare occurrence. <laughs> if only we had just basic common sense.
0: 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth of inaccurate accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. is tomorrow's news today you're tuned
2: in to the American Journal with your host Harrison Smith watch it live right now at band.video
3: good news here folks tomorrow will be a very big deal here at InfoWars media titans clash in live no holds barred january 6th debate this saturday that's tomorrow january 6th ed krasenstein brian krasenstein and destiny will be debating glenn greenwald alex jones and jaron day Beatty on the topic of january 6th was it an insurrection or not i uh am excited to see the arguments I'm excited to see the arguments. Excited to see how you how you justify calling something an insurrection where it was just a peaceful protest where the peaceful protesters were murdered by the police without warning. Ooh, big insurrection. That'll be fun to watch. Tune in for that on X and ZeroHedge.com. ZeroHedge is involved in that as well, but it's Alex Jones, InfoWars and, and Zero Hedge. Co-hosting the January 6th debate. In addition, there's a fantastic new way to support us, and it's gotten much easier to do so, and that is the Alex Jones NWO Wars video game, computer game. It is now available on Steam, which is the most popular gaming platform on PC. And it immediately shot up to the top of the trend list. Alex Jones' NWO Wars is now a top trend on Steam while receiving an overwhelming amount of positive reviews on the premier video game digital distribution service. You can download it for yourself or you can gift it to a friend. This action-packed shooter, it's 20% off for the very appropriate price of so seventeen seventy-six. Now available on Steam. Get it today. Buy it for your kid cousin. Download and. If anybody uses Steam, I'm sure I don't need to tell you, but it makes it very easy to, like, buy games for friends. You literally just have to have their Steam name. You just can buy it on Steam and just type in their Steam name and it sends it to them and downloads straight to their computer and makes it a very easy and convenient way to give gifts. If you want to give this as a gift, and it is an extremely fun game, not only because of the novelty factor and the fact that you're playing as Alex Jones and all of the Easter eggs that you see as you go through all the various nefarious new world order characters that you destroy on your path to victory but it also is just a genuinely good game built from the ground up with totally unique and original artwork you know we said it when it first sort of came out that it wouldn't be hard to use some of the programs they have now where you just take a, a game that's already made and reskin it you know just put different different visuals over it or just to put together a really simple game that was fun for five minutes but it was just sort of a novelty we could have gone down that path we could have gone that route would have been easy would have been cheap but it would have been not a great game so instead what these guys did was just from the ground up completely original every sprite every piece of artwork the levels themselves are very thoughtfully designed it's actually an extremely well produced game uh that is well worth it at full price, but you get a twenty percent off right now on Steam, and I encourage you to uh, to give it a try. It really is fun, and it's something that anybody can pick up. Do you don't have to be a professional gamer to get into it? But you know, the best games have the skill level where you can pick it up immediately, have no idea how to play games, and still have fun with it. But you can also be extremely talented and really good and get the most out of it and maximize your uh, points. And you know, the, I mean. That, all the best games that last forever and that are still being played. Things like, you know, halo that came out 20 years ago, but is still like on the top charts in terms of, uh, multiplayer games, that sort of stuff. You know, it's both easy for the beginner to pick up and play and have just fun with, like it's an arcade game like donkey Kong. But then also if you really get good and really figure out, you know, get the feel of it down, uh, then you can actually be like super, super good. And it's even more satisfying to be super skilled in it. So, uh, it's a game for all ages, a game for all taste. It's, NWO Wars from Alex Jones, now available on Steam. With that, we got to your phone calls. Billy in Oklahoma wants to talk about January 6th, the Great Insurrection, Billy, Civil War 2.0. I still remember where I was. Uh, How's it going, Billy? What are your thoughts on January 6th?
11: Well, I had a theory about January 6th, if you'll humor me for a moment. Yeah. Uh, So Alex Jones went to January 6th, Got in trouble. Owen oh, Schroyer went to January 6th. Got in trouble, but you narrowly dodged a bullet. I did uh, by say saying, it saying back, which can only mean one thing. Oh no! You work for the Jews.
3: Oh, thank God! I thought you were going to say the t- I thought you were going to say the Jesuits. I thought I'd been found out. No, I yes, uh, I got the, I got the warning text the day before. You seem nice. Don't go That's to January 6th. Not. No, I, Uh uh-huh. to be honest, praise God, I, I have the best, uh, you know, whatever you call it, uh, excuse in the world. I was literally live on the Alex Jones show reacting in real time to what was going on on January 6th. You cannot say for a moment that I knew what was happening or knew what was going on. <laughs> I was literally reacting to it live. To be fair... I was also very into what was happening while it was live. I was very much in favor of seeing the Capitol overrun with Patriots. And I don't need to um, explain that. It was, it was all live. You can see it for yourself if you care to go back. Me too.
11: I remember watching that
3: day and, and looking back, I cannot be happier
11: that that is the uh, source. or you, you were the source that I got all my information from. Because, dang, dude, when I talk to Normie people, they just repeat these stupid lines and it's like, they didn't, they're watching through the filter of uh, MSNBC or something. And uh-huh. it's like, God, they, they have already been poisoned in that way. It's so difficult to, to you know, uh, reverse the poisoning that they've gotten.
3: Right. Yeah, and people get emotionally attached to all of this stuff and it makes it really difficult to talk about. You know, during the the wedding I was at, last weekend I was talking to some people about Israel and like I didn't even have the heart to tell them that everything they believed was fake like they were and we we didn't get into specifics but they just kept going the stories I've heard about what happened on October 7th I mean they're gut wrenching they're churning they're like starting to tear up and I'm just I like don't even have the heart to be like those are all lies. You're, you're believing lies. The 40 beheaded, beheaded children never existed. But these are the things that are making them, like, have these, like, emotional reactions. But they're not true. Like, the 40 beheaded babies or, like, be- babies being baked or, like, January 6th was an insurrection where they beat Brian Sicknick to death. It's just, like, these are lies, people. You're you're getting worked up and you're getting emotional over lies. And you, like, can't even tell them that, can you, Billy? They, they it, like, suddenly becomes no. that it's like they can't acknowledge that it's true. So it suddenly becomes that it's true. And now you're mocking Brian Sicknick's death. Now you're the bad one because you're taking this tragedy and you're questioning it. it's like, but it was never, it never happened. So what, how are you going to be so upset about it? It, It's infuriating, Billy.
11: Harry, I've come to a conclusion that I'm not sure is right, but it's what I'm rolling with. I don't know if I am, Capable of waking people up. I'm certainly not as articulate as you know you and other hosts and Alex and them, and, and as knowledgeable. So I may not come across as a good waiter for them. But uh, man, I, I the thing is, I don't know if I could have been woken up by someone else. I had to do it myself. Mm. And I think that's the case
3: with most. That's key. Not all, but most. That's key, man. That that absolutely is key. And again, going back to the. Uh... You know conversation i had this weekend where it was like i was just saying things that i thought everybody knew <laughs> and yeah. you know they were like they were like appalled that i believe these things i'm just like you don't know <gasps> that like i haven't brought up you know pearl harbor i was like trying to explain because i was saying like well you know israel let october 7th happen like they had warnings they had uh acknowledgements they waited seven hours to deploy the army like they knew it was going to happen and they were like well You think Israel attacked itself? And I was like, well, you know, it's kind of like what happened with Pearl Harbor where like, you know, it was Japanese people. It wasn't Americans pretending to be Japanese. It was Japanese people bombing Pearl Harbor, but they were goaded into it and they knew it was going to happen. And the White House had foreknowledge about the attack and withheld it. From the people on Pearl Harbor So they couldn't defend themselves And again, this is like acknowledged It's in official documents There are congressional hearings that have admitted this But then you say it, and it just goes in one ear and out the other And you can just see the people, you know, on their face They're just not even hearing you
0: I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist I have come from nowhere To the very heights of politics Not just in America, but in the world we are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war, but I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new World order we've ever had January 2024 is here, and that means up to 60% off at InfowarStore.com, free shipping and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year, and it supports the Infowar. And we're selling out a lot of these products, and it'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it, you need to go to InfowarStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year sale, double Patriot points, free shipping, and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together.
2: You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at
3: band.video. Back out to your phone calls. Now we've got William in Arkansas. William, thank you for uh, holding. I know I, I teased your call earlier because I love the topic you called in about. William in Arkansas asks, Why are we trying to talk to people who think a man can get pregnant? Trying to save them, William. We're trying to rescue them from your from themselves. Well, what do we do? What do we do here, William?
9: Take the keys away from the three year old Downs baby that wants to be a jet fighter pilot because that's <laughs> what's going on, right? Well I, I, I I'm speechless at the whole nation. You know, uh, it's like talking to an infection control nurse at a big hospital that a mask does not work. And the, the whole apparatus is, you know, we've seen the story. They're killing us in a thousand different ways. Uh, what do we need? Do we need another Afghanistan, another Vietnam, another uh, North Korea? What, what do we need? Another Herzegovina? Do we need to open the border more? No, it's, it's closed. It's secure. Just ask Gene uh, Cream Pierre, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's true. It's true. Why are we talking to the three-year-old baby about Put Down the Rattlesnake? Mm. Why? I mean, we're dying. Do you need another 20 million people, America? right? What What do you need? Do you need another uh, assassination of another world leader like they did Kennedy? What do we need to wake up? Hello? Yeah. Phoebus? buddy, Forrest Gump. Right. I mean, this is where we're at. And I'm just absolutely speechless. Um, I'm I'm not asking for a dime of help. Wouldn't take it. Uh, I've heard a few people uh, call in and express the same situation. Uh, And uh, we're sitting here as vets and Americans, uh, homeless. I'm not. I'm I'm doing pretty good. I got it better than most people in this world. I'm uh, land rich, cash poor. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got three ponds and, uh, you know, a six foot tiller for my tractor. I don't, don't have any help, but, you know, I'm not going to go hungry. Um, so where are we at, America? Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm to the point to where, you know, I've said it before, uh, compulsory service. Uh, I'm two shakes of a dog's tail from going back to Texas in military uniform, which I have the legal right, the moral right to, to wear. It's an obligation. My name's on the Declaration of Independence. Is yours. Right? Who wants to erase my name off that Declaration of Independence? What state representative who wants to hide behind the badge wants to stand in front of me and erase my name off that declaration? I'll go to jail. I promise you. I swear to God.
3: Well, right? so uh, so I mean, I like I like the the question that you're asking. Like, what what would it take to wake people up? Is it even possible to wake people up? Because yeah, at a certain point. You know, I'm reminded of. I mean, there, there's lots of like, of instances you can find in you know true crime documentaries and stuff. But even in my personal life, I was having a party one time in in college, and my neighbor was over, and I, I basically caught him stealing from me, red handed, right? Like just caught him in my closet, like on his hands and knees, like digging through my stuff, and then he's sitting there denying it, and he's going, "No, no, I was I was waiting for the bathroom," and I'm just like. You try to talk to them for a little bit and you try to explain like, no, I just saw you right there with my own eyes. I saw what you were doing and there's like, nope, wasn't me. And at a certain point you go, okay, you know exactly what you're just lying to me. You're just lying to my face. I can't take this. I'm not going to take this anymore. Like at a certain point when they're telling you the border is secure and when they're telling you that transgenderism is loving and good and mutilating your children is the best thing for them. Like at a certain point, the talking's got to end and we have to do something about this. But the problem is that we can't do anything is, I mean, we can do things as individuals, but what's necessary is a mass movement, a populist movement. We need, I mean, right now they're actually having victory in Germany where the farmers have shut down Berlin and they're essentially forcing reversals to the policies where they're trying desperately to destroy the farming industry and, Germany by driving up prices and uh, ladling them with taxes and, you know, doing all the world economic forum stuff they're doing everywhere else. And the German farmers have stood up against it and are pushing back. And it's like, that's it. That's the goal. That's what's necessary for change. It's like, it's like we're, you know, at a, at a, a funding drive and you have the the whiteboard with like the you know, temperature thing, and you're trying to fill it up and every dollar you add another line and you're like, we're trying to reach a hundred dollars to fulfill our goal. It's like 10,000 people. We need 10,000 people to mobilize, to be able to w- be willing to go on the streets and spend as much time and energy and effort and money as necessary to make a change, to occupy a government building until we get our demands, to flood a, sh- you know, a streets of a downtown and refuse to leave until, you know, we're allowed to uh, air our grievances and actually get recompense for it. Like just 10,000 people. If we could get 10,000 people to say, I'm dedicated, I'm in, I am fully committed to this cause. And that would be it. But it's like every, every 10 people you get, there's 10 more people that I have a really important meeting in the morning or, well, I would do it or, but I'll just donate my, my money to this other group. I don't really have time to be involved. It's like, we could just get those, two, just like the farmers. They got 10,000 farmers. They stopped the law. They ended the law. They protested peacefully in the refrain, the, the restraints of their constitutional rights as Germans. They changed the law. They got it changed. They didn't discuss, they didn't debate whether or not farms should be shut down. That's a stupid conversation. You're just under attack. People aren't going to come to a realization where they go, gee, maybe we shouldn't destroy the farms that we're trying to, I didn't realize what a stupid idea this was. They know, what, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. So you just block the traffic and say, I'm not moving until you stop doing what you're doing. You just force them to listen to you. And that's just what we need to do. We just need a mass number of people unified and committed to a single cause. And I feel like all of our problems could be over. I mean, if you had 10,000 people who were like agreed Okay, two weekends from now, we're all going to go to Eagle Pass and we're just going to form a human chain and not let anybody pass. And if the government, if the U.S. government wants to try to fight us, then they'll have to fight us. Like we're just we're not we're not starting the fight, but we're going to go and put our bodies in the way of the illegal immigrants and we are going to physically stop them from entering our country. And I think if you got 10,000 people to do that, it would be it'd be a game changer one way or the other. It would drastically alter the trajectory because right now and this is the big problem. An interruption is needed. The path that we're traveling down now, humanity is traveling down. Without a change, we know the consequences. It's prison planet. It's depopulation. It's the slow but inevitable and continuous degradation of our standard of living and way of life and, of course, our rights being willowed away, winnowed away bit by bit, piece by piece. Little restriction here, little restriction there. Years from now, it, you turn around and you have nothing. It's just little, you know, individuals being arrested. It's like the uh, Solzhenitsyn story where he's going, you know, if just if we just stood up, if we just loved freedom enough to fight back when they came to get us, then they would stop coming to get us. But instead, You go, well, you just take this person here and then that person there and then that person there. And sure enough, you do that day after day, night after night. Turns out everybody's gone. Everybody's at the gulag all of a sudden. So without an interruption, without a deliberate outside force changing things, we know where this heads. So we're just we're, we're in a position. If you're fighting a war and it's a war of attrition, we have less supplies than them. The outcome is inevitable without a change. If you're in a siege and they're surrounding you and you have three months of supplies and no way of getting supplies in, then the outcome is inevitable. Three months from now, the conflict is over and you've lost. So you have to have a change. You have to sally forth. You have to do something. You have to do something. Right now, if we don't do anything, the outcome is inevitable. They don't have to do anything is is the point, right? The Democrats, the leftists, the socialists, the globalists, they're on the path That they want to travel down there. We're going towards the totally open border, totally destroyed prison system of, you know, demographic strife and conflict and chaos and causing the causing. Passing the laws or not even passing laws, but just destroying the the restrictions to the border, which causes the people to come in, which will cause the crime rates to go up, which will cause the police to be distracted, which will cause more violence, which will cause a backlash. And then that backlash will be seized upon to justify a greater restriction of uh, rights as surveillance is increased and speech crime is uh, put on the books. I mean, it's we can see it all. We can see the process as it's taking place, and it's just churning. It's just churning on. The machine of globalism is running, and without a stick in its spokes, without hurling a monkey wrench into its workings to shatter it, without intervening to stop what's happening, we know what the inevitable consequence is. So we need an interruption right now, and that's up to us. It's not something that's just going to happen. Maybe it will. Who knows? Maybe QAnon's right. Maybe a, sol- a solar spot will just wipe out all electronic communications. We'll get a hard reset on the human race. But missing that, it's up to us.